ideas, things you could do. And uh, the young people have been doing this them because they've got some wicked ideas. And we're just going to commit this week to sharing some joy. Are you with me on that? This is what, you know, we preach quite a lot about in this church, and we preach quite a lot recently about being salt and light, and about, like, representing Jesus and sharing Jesus. And actually, joy, kind of like, fundamentally, is a massive part of who we are as the church, as the body. It's like one of them distinguishing marks of the kingdom is joy, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? And sometimes you wouldn't, look, you wouldn't know it if you look at us, because sometimes, you know, life is hard, and sometimes we're sorrowful. But, uh, you know, like the apostles, it says, uh, it says in uh, one of the books of the Bible, it says... In <laughs> Don't tell me. Philippians, it says we're, we're sorrowful, yet always rejoicing. We can do that, you know. And Aaron, and if you're new here, Aaron is my assistant. <laughs> 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 not really, I'm the assistant. Uh, uh, Aaron spoke last week. I like what he said. He said this about not having this deep-rooted religious joy, but like joy that people can see, and it's contagious, and it shows on your face and in your demeanor. And I kind of like think... I really do believe with all my heart this kind of like, um, um, kind of like represents Jesus really well to the community, having this joy, do you know? Not this deep-rooted religious joy that's angry and vengeful and wrathful and uh, hates people. <laughs> yeah. But like a joy that says, you know what? I love life. I love people. We love Jesus passionately. We love God. And because we love God, we have his love in us, which I'm going to talk about for 10, 15 minutes. And because we have his love in us, that means we love people. Okay? We love people. So turn with me. If you've got your Bibles, uh, I'm going to just kind of like uh, read this one scripture. Like I said, for 10, 15 minutes, I want to put my two penny worth in on joy. And then I'm going to give you some practical ideas. And we're going to go away this week so motivated, so charged that we want to see the whole of Exeter full of joy. So John 15, uh, it's 1 to 11, but I won't read them all. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. Well, every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You're already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. Who wants to bear fruit? I want to bear fruit in my life, you know. I want to bear fruit in this city, in my generation, and uh, in Devon. We want to bear fruit. And just moving on to verse 11 now. I have told you this so that my joy might be in you and that your joy might be complete, perfected. We want the love of joy, the joy, the love of joy. We want the joy of Jesus in us, because that's a whole other level of joy right there. You know, we have joy, and people actually, you know, people are searching for joy, and people look for joy, and sometimes, you know, if you're honest, before you found Jesus, definitely, but sometimes you look for joy in all the wrong places, and actually, there's nothing wrong with joy. Actually, God's desire is that we will be blessed and that we will have joy. And, uh, but there is a right place for joy. There is a joy that surpasses any joy we can imagine. It's the joy of Jesus. And actually, he promises here to give us his joy, my joy, to be in you. And Jesus' joy, like I said, is another level. Yes, we look for joy in all the wrong places. And uh, if we're honest, sometimes the pursuits, we, uh, the things we pursue in life, the things that we want to uh, kind of like bring us joy or pleasure or whatever, these things last for a moment. That, you know what I mean? Nine times out of ten, the things that you look for for joy, they're gone as soon as you have them, like an ice cream or whatever. Do you know what I mean? As soon as you've had that ice cream, there goes the joy. And then you're looking in the mirror thinking, maybe I shouldn't have done that, you know? 
Do you know what I mean? But the joy of Jesus doesn't last for an instant. It lasts forever and ever, and it's overflowing, and it brims over, and we can overflow to everybody around us as well. And that's the joy that actually we want, and that's the joy of Jesus. So Jesus is saying, my joy in you. Basically, that kind of like communion Jesus had with God the Father, he kind of like this knowledge, this conscious knowledge of how much God loved him, how pleased God was with him. You know, this is my son whom I'm well pleased. The love Jesus had for the Father, this kind of like filled and, and created this overflowing sense of joy in Jesus. That as he walked, you could just see this joy. In fact, the Pharisees accused him sometimes of having too much joy. You know, Luke 7.34, they, they accused him of being a drunkard and a glutton because he just loved being around people and he loved being just like happy and full of joy. And, uh, you know, uh, Jesus is saying that this kind of like love, this, this communion, this, this pleasure he has in doing the Father's will, that could be ours. And we could have that conscious knowledge of God's love for Jesus, of God's love for us, of our love for Jesus, and Jesus' love for us. We can walk in that constant knowledge and that constant joy because of the infilling of the Holy Spirit, who is the very embodiment of joy. Does that sound good? Now, in, in theory, this is like really good. And actually, you can live like this. You can intentionally say, this week, I'm going to be full of joy. And it's really quite simple. I think, personally, if we're intentional about waking up a little bit earlier to spend some time with Jesus, spend some time in communion with Father, you know, if you're a believer, a follower of Jesus, I'm talking to you, you know, maybe set your alarm a bit earlier, spend some time with Jesus, get close to Jesus, you will naturally be full of joy. And you won't go to work like on Monday thinking, oh, I hate this, I hate the traffic, do you know what I mean? There goes my joy, do you know? And, uh, but actually, we can be intentional and we can really, really um, kind of like focus on Jesus. He is the source of peace and the source of joy. And so this joy could be ours. Not this deep joy that, that Aaron kept talking about. Not this deep joy that you can't see and frowns and judges society, and rebukes and tuts at society when it swears, or when somebody in your workplace blasphemes or something. But you bring a natural light, you are salt and light in your workplace, and you're bringing joy, and people can see there's something different about him. Why, during you know, the most crazy times, is he always still full of joy? Why, or she, why is it like during times we're all panicking, and the whole world is going crazy, why are they still smiling and singing hymns? And you know what I mean? Not that you do that. <laughs> but why are they so full of joy? Because with God's joy implanted in us, because of the Holy Spirit, it is possible to be joyful even when you're sorrowful, like the apostles. Even through trials, because of the supernatural nature of this joy. And when I say supernatural, you know, uh, uh, there is something supernatural about it, but I don't like us like focusing on that too much because we start to make it this deep-rooted Thing, uh, and not let it affect our face and our demeanor. But actually, this supernatural implanted joy of God means that even during trials and tribulations and difficult circumstances, we can still be joyful and happy and still be blessed and still be a ray of sunshine in the community. We could still be a ray of joy uh, and light. Amen. Yeah. We can definitely, definitely do that. You know, I love how the apostles, they kind of like embody this joy. And, uh, you know, there are people in the Bible that weren't always so joyful. Uh, you know, we look at some of the Old Testament saints, uh, saints, some of the Old Testament characters and prophets and some of these people before the Holy Spirit and before Jesus died and rose again and defeated sin and before we were filled with the very embodiment of joy. Sometimes they got really down. You know, Elijah just seen this great victory over 450 of the prophets of Baal. The next minute is in a cave wishing he was dead. 
And Jonah threw a massive Mardi basically because he knew God wasn't going to destroy Nineveh. He was angry at God because God is gracious and merciful, loving and compassionate. So Jonah threw a Mardi. You know, David in one of his Psalms says, God, will you just take me away from all of this? And sometimes life gets you to a place, trials, tribulations, where you just think, you know what, I'm not feeling joyful. And you know what, I can't be bothered with people. I can't be bothered to be salt and light. I just want to hide. God, take me away from this. But you know what? Actually, our examples in the New Testament, in the, in the church that is, that is filled with the Holy Spirit, we've got the apostles singing hymns when they're in jail and they've just been beaten. We've got the apostles who've just been beaten and they go home rejoicing that they've been counted worthy to suffer for the name of Jesus. That... It's next level joy, isn't it? Oh, the blessings are raining down on me as the blows are raining down. They're like singing praises to Jesus. And they're singing in the, in the, in the prison. And Paul says, you know, we're always sorrowful and yet we rejoice. We are always rejoicing. It is possible, church. And so the reason I'm saying this, I want to motivate you. I want you to be uh, ready this week. We are being very, very intentional as a citywide church. And I think there's something really exciting when the church gets to get together to do something. Do you know what I mean? Because you know, like, there ain't really like walls and there ain't really denominations in the kingdom of God. We're all just either the people of God or we ain't, do you know what I mean? And so in Jesus, if you love Jesus this week, we want to join with what God is doing through his church. And we want to bring a little bit of joy to this city. And that's what we're going to do. So, so many people actually pursue joy, look for joy. And that is nothing wrong with that. God wants people to have true joy. And God wants people to be blessed and to be happy. And so uh, 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 we as believers, we can understand joy in a deep way. Paul, uh, Peter speaks about an inexpressible and glorious joy. He talks a bit this like after suffering and trials. It's amazing in the New Testament. Whenever, if you did a study, honestly, whenever it talks about joy, it's often linked to trials and suffering and persecution and all of this kind of stuff. And so really we don't have much reason to be miserable and to be mardy when uh, throughout the Bible it says no matter what you're going through, you could be joy and light and have joy. And so Jesus uh, says, my joy I will impart into you. Do you know what the Greek word for joy is? Does anybody know what the Greek word for joy is? Nobody gets a prize. I had some heroes back here. And the <laughs> <laughs> You've given them away. The Greek word for joy is kara. C-H-A-R-A. Probably not saying it right. I don't speak Greek. But the Greek word for grace is charis. Same root word, joy, comes from the same Greek word as grace. Grace is a gift of God. So joy is a gift of God. It's not something you get for yourself, and it's not something that an ice cream can give you or, 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 or you know, whatever else people search for and pursue when they want a bit of joy, a bit of pleasure. Do you know what I mean? That nothing uh, like that can last forever, but the joy that God gives us is a gift, and it's a gift that's given to each and every one of us by the infilling of the Holy Spirit, and it's a part of the will of God for us, a part of the will of God for us, and this is the kind of joy that I really think uh, uh, we have, is the joy of Jesus. Let me tell you about Jesus right now. Do you know that kids love being around Jesus? I mean, they love being around Jesus so much that disciples were like, will you keep your kids away? And Jesus was like saying, you lot, shut it. Let the little kids come to me. Do you know what I mean? And the kids love to come to Jesus. And uh, he put his hand on them. He blessed them. And, and do you think kids like being around grumpy people? Angry, religious, judgmental people. Do kids like being around such people? They like being around happy people, don't they? 
Do you know what I mean? I'm not saying go out in Alfie suit and just scare all the children. I'm just saying there's a demeanor uh, that Jesus had that was full of joy. Did you know crowds followed Jesus? Crowds don't follow people who are woeful in spirit. Do you know what I mean? The crowds followed Jesus. Jesus was so full of joy, sometimes he was uh, accused of having too much joy. Jesus, like uh, uh, people, would sit at his feet. People would follow him. And people don't follow grumpy, woeful people. Kids don't hang out with. And this is the joy that Jesus had. And it was a joy. And nobody could steal his joy. And if anybody could have been bitter, could Jesus not have been bitter? Because before he came to earth, let me tell you this, he was worshipped by billions of angels. He was on the throne. He was royalty. And yet he came to earth and he was rejected. He was despised. People mocked him. People were always arguing and disagreeing with him. The Pharisees, the religious people. And uh, he, was, he was full of riches in heaven. And then on earth, he was in poverty. Sometimes, you know, uh, uh, people had to take, like some of the women helped feed him and take care of his needs. Sometimes he didn't have a place to lay his head. Sometimes he was so hungry, him and his disciples would just pick bits of <laughs> corn and eat that and wheat and all of that. And, uh, you know, Jesus could have been bitter when we were rejecting him, when he was on the cross. But let me tell you this, nothing was going to steal the joy he had with the Father and the love he had and that conscious love and joy he had in knowing. And the Bible says, for the joy set before him, he went to the cross. And it wasn't because he was about to enjoy what was going to happen on the cross. It's because he could see himself at the right hand of the Father and many, many, many sons and daughters coming into glory. That is joy. And if you, wanna, like, if you really want to see a party in heaven, that's when you invite somebody to church and somebody responds to the gospel because the Bible says there is rejoicing in heaven. Joy marked Jesus' ministry. It marked who he was and it, it marked his demeanor. It marked his parables. You know, it talked about lost things being found and then they're being rejoicing with the father who the lost son returns or the, the woman who found a coin or, or rejoicing in the presence of angels when somebody gets saved. There was lots and lots of joy throughout Jesus' teaching, throughout his ministry. And we want to be a part of that. We want the joy of Jesus in us. We want it to affect our demeanor, our smile, our face, our life and, and let it energize and motivate us. And here's the thing. It's one of the distinguishing marks of the kingdom in Romans. It says the kingdom of God is not about what we eat or drink. It's not about rules and regulations. Do this, do that. But it's a matter of righteousness, peace, and in the Holy Ghost. Acts 2.46, the early church was characterized by joy, gladness, and sincerity of heart. 13.52 talks about the joy of the early church. Jesus says in John 16, 24, he, he promises this like abundant joy, this overflowing joy, eternal joy that lasts forever, that isn't here one minute and gone the next. And these are the promises of Jesus, and these are the things that Jesus uh, uh, gives to us, his church. And so we want this inexpressible joy. So before I go into like kind of like a conclusion where I give us some practical ideas and uh, talk about, uh, uh, and you know, this is what I'm going to come to, true joy, somebody once said, is when you're not focused on yourself. And focus on your own interests and your own pleasures. But when you focus on something bigger, when you focus on other people, this is the joy of the kingdom. When you make up yourself other people focused and centric, when you join the mission of Jesus Christ, you can experience true joy that God has for you. The love that God has for you and the love that God has for others. You can have that grace, that gift implanted into you. And when you're a part of what God is doing in a city, in a community, when you're a part of what God is doing this week, and when you experience experience God and you experience people responding to the gospel or at least just receiving the love of Jesus and receiving joy, that is true joy, not the joy that seeks itself. So I'm going to ask Laura 
to come up and I'm going to interview you because the young people have been doing this for about 40 days now. What's this for Lent or something? Oh, well, 40 days just sounded. Can I have the mic, please? So I you don't want to share this one because it's on my head. Law, law, law. So the young people have been doing this 40 days or 40 acts of kindness every day. So I just want to hear some amazing stories, some things that have stood out, a couple of things that some people have done, some ideas, but also some good kind of like responses or testimonies. Have you got some for that for me? Let's go. Um, so as a young adult group, we were like, oh, let's do 40 acts of kindness leading up to Joy Fest on Saturday. Um, and we made like this bingo chart. So it's kind of like a game where you're like, oh, whoever crosses it out. I don't know. It's just like make it fun. Um, and I would have to say that I've only done probably like 26 of them. And, <laughs> and that ends only done on 26 Saturday. acts no, of joy. No, no, no. Cause, and I think some of them are, I find that I'm a lot easier at just buying things and giving them If you've only done 26, I'll, I'll interview somebody else. 26, that's brilliant. <laughs> Carry on. <laughs> no, like, um, like it, I'm really easy. Like, it's just easy for me to buy something and give it to someone. Like, oh, no problem. Here's a coffee. Have fun. Bye. Um, but when it comes to, like, the compassion ones, when it's like, oh, visit someone in the hospital or pray for someone How or... How awesome is that? Like, Isn't that amazing? That um, doing it? It's like, stand along some, uh, aside someone or, like, offer your shoulder for crying. And I was like, do you do that with a friend? Like, how do you just be like, hi, here's my shoulder, <laughs> cry on it. Like, I was like, how can you do that? Um, but <laughs> it's just it's kind of awkward. Um, but I'm terrible at those ones. And I don't know, there's, there's just random stuff like house cleaning or, yeah. You know what, I'm going to ask you another question. I mean, that's awesome. And uh, I love that. 26 acts she's done. And uh, she's like, you know, somebody's offering somebody a shoulder to cry. Can you imagine going up to somebody on the bus who's not crying? Do you want a shoulder to cry on? Do you know what I mean? But I just love, I just love that you guys are doing that and actually reaching out, visiting people. I just love, like the youth, if you don't know this, follow some of the young people on Instagram. They've got such a good culture because they genuinely enjoy life. And they just they genuinely enjoy being salt and light. Honestly, they've got an amazing culture. But tell me what your favorite thing that you've done and the best response you feel you've had to that. That's really hard. Can you say it in an in a, in a English accent? No, I'm joking. Carry on. Well, so... <laughs> no. <laughs> I've been practicing. No, I haven't. Um, <laughs> um, I think... My, well, one day, because I'm really competitive and kind of a people pleaser, so I was like, <laughs> I'm going to do all 40. Um, uh, in one day, that's <laughs> not, awesome. Not in one day, but I was like, I'm going to go do at least seven today. And I went out that day, and I know I did it with the wrong heart, because I was like, I'm just going to do it to do it. And I couldn't find, literally, there were no opportunities. I was like, there's nothing. There's nothing I can do. Um, but then one day, I was like, okay, how can I offer someone, like, a shoulder to cry on? It is, like, awkward to be like, here's my shoulder. Um, but it ended up, there was this girl, and I, like, barely know her, but I was like, I just, I saw her, and I was like, oh, there's something not right about, like, something not right about it. So I went up, and I was like, how are you doing? And she's like, oh, I'm okay. And I was like, no, how are you really doing? And then she just starts bursting into tears. And I was like, what? <laughs> um, and then I was like, okay. And then she just starts telling this story, and it was, for me, I'm like, oh, I want to have something to say. I want to have something to, like, encourage her with. But I was like, I have nothing to say other than just cry. Like, I'm just here. And that was, like, for me, I was like, oh, I just want to, like, say something. Like, okay, what can I tell her? What can I encourage her with? But I was like, I just, there was nothing came to mind. I was like, I'm not going to say anything. So, but it ended up, like, now we're, like, better friends because of it. And that's just really cool. So That's awesome. Thank you, Laura. Let's give her a round of applause. <laughs> yeah. 
I, I just love the fact that youth have been doing this, you know, and uh, they've got these 40 things. So what I'm going to do at the end, I'm going to give you a, a sheet with their 40 things, just give you some ideas, you know what I mean? You might have your own ideas. Holy Spirit might tell you to do something. If you're a follower of Jesus, by the way, if you're new here, you know, nobody's hassling you to do anything, like go up to somebody and offer them to cry or whatever. We're not asking you to do that. But if you're a follower of Jesus, if you're a part of Riverside, we'd love for you to take one of these sheets, get some ideas, be inspired let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Let the Holy Spirit lead you to somebody. But the best thing about all of this, the thing I love most about this, is that it's the church. It's people like getting in other people's worlds. Do you know what I mean by that? We're connecting with people. Uh, and we're connecting with each other. And we're seeing if there's, like, let me look, look at some ideas on here. Like, prophetic words for people. That's brilliant. Uh, 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 offering to be a shot. We've heard that one. Uh, house cleaning. I mean, who wants to clean my house? Wash a car, uh, uh, say something nice, compliment someone's pet. That's brilliant, isn't it? You've got a lovely dog, here's a yellow card. <laughs> <laughs> but the whole point is, church, the whole point is you get in the world. You don't just say, lovely dog, here's a card. You're like, hey, nice dog, start a conversation. I'm a dog person myself. I've got a spring of spaniel. It won't stop moving. And you just have a chat, get in somebody's world, hopefully, Hopefully it will lead to some kind of uh, uh, follow-up, some kind of, you said it deepened your relationship with this girl, with this person. And uh, that's what you want, is to develop relationship, bring people, invite people to the community fun day on the Friday, Saturday, and then to church on the Sunday. Inviting people, invite somebody new to church or, or connect group. Pay for somebody's car parking ticket. The blessings of the Lord shine down on me when somebody gives me their car parking ticket, don't they? Do you know what I mean? When it's like, here's your they can't do it now because in Devon, you have to put in your number plate. Have you noticed that? So people driving out can't say, here's my parking ticket. But anyway, buy somebody a coffee. Uh, these are, speak to five new people in your day. These are challenging things because actually society is more and more isolated, especially with technology and everyone's just going to work and everyone's busy and everyone's stressed. So it takes intentional effort to break out of that and into somebody's world. But that's what we want to do because that's what Jesus did. That's what Jesus embodied. He was that joy and he did get in their world. He got in the whole world of, of, of Israel uh, and his people and his disciples got in the whole world of the, the ancient world across Europe and, and Italy and Spain and, and, and all across the, the, the Mediterranean there. And we want to do that, you know. We want to do that in Exeter. We want to get in Exeter's world because we want Exeter to know that Jesus is the very, very uh, uh, giver of life and peace and joy. And Jesus is alive. And that's why we're here at the end of the day. Am I right? He's alive. He's well. So spend some time with God, you know. Uh, uh, because when you're in communion with Jesus, this is where you kind of like have this conscious knowledge of the joy of God. Do you know what I mean? When you're close to Jesus, in other words, things don't shake you as easily. You don't get as annoyed in the traffic, you know. It's easier to sing praises to Jesus when someone's mocking you or whatever, when you're close to God. So be intentional this week. Get, spend that time with God, you know, read your Bibles, pray, ask Holy Spirit for opportunities, and then join the mission. Join this bigger picture of what God is doing, and just uh, listen to this. Philippians 4, verse 4 says, Rejoice in the Lord, and again, oh, do you remember that song? That song always comes into my head. Rejoice in, should we sing it? No. <laughs> Get out of it. Any excuse for you, Lord. No. So rejoice in the Lord always. And do you know what he goes on to say after that? He gives us some good advice. He says, whatever is good and pure, whatever is noble, think on these things. When the Bible says, consider it pure joy when you're under trials. Oh, the joy. Consider means set your mind, press your mind on the bigger picture. 
that actually, here's my source of joy personally, that I am loved by God, I am known by God, and that nothing for all eternity will separate me from the love of God, that I will be with Jesus forever. So you press, consider me, press your mind and focus on these things. Focus on Jesus. Focus on these things for eternity. And guess what? And you think on these pure things. That's how you can rejoice always. Amen? Amen. Should we do that this week, church? So we start, let's start each day pressing in, pressing our mind on Jesus. Let's commit to joining the mission. Let's commit to being like Jesus in this community. And there are 40 ideas. I want you to take one of these sheets and every day just seek Holy Spirit, ask for an opportunity, make an opportunity. Do you know what I mean? Don't just wait for the Holy Spirit to bring somebody in front of you with a nice dog. Just go and find an opportunity. Go and find somebody who needs a car washing or their shopping paid for and we'll do that. Should we pray? Thank you. Dear Jesus, we just thank you that you just embodied so much joy. When you were uh, rejected and despised and yet you knew you were going to die on the cross for our sins and that you knew you had a mission to save mankind and you were so full of joy when you could see sons and daughters getting saved, when you could see in eternity people coming into your kingdom. And we thank you that your kingdom is, is marked by joy and your church is marked and distinguished by joy. Let us, as your people, show the world your joy. 25 minutes. <laughs> let, your well, let us, your people, show your joy to a lost, dying and hurting world. And sometimes, you know, people looking for joy in all the wrong places with joy that doesn't last. Let your eternal joy, your gift of joy, your gift of life, Shine through us and shine in Exeter and in Devon and in new ways in Exmouth like we've never seen before in Jesus' name. You know what I'm going to do, actually? You can keep your heads bowed and eyes closed because I always do this. And I don't know who's, who's, who's here this morning. You might be new. I'm just going to give you an opportunity to receive Jesus. And um, if you've never asked Jesus into your life, I want to tell you right now that Jesus, he went through everything he went through on that cross. He died on the cross. He was uh, beaten and scourged, and he did it with joy. And I'll tell you why he did it with joy. Not because he liked the pain, but because he, liked, he loved you, and he loves the thought of you coming to know him. Uh, and he, he loved, uh, uh, Jesus loves the world so much, God loved the world so much, that he sent Jesus to die for us. That's how much God loves us, and that's true joy. So I want to offer you that joy this morning, that gift of the Holy Spirit. And all you have to do is put your faith in Jesus, in his death on the cross, in his resurrection from death. Here's the thing. He's still alive. He's still well. That's why we're here. That's why we're meeting 2,000 years later. That's why people all over the world today are going to respond to this same message right now. People are going to be responding and giving their lives to Jesus. I'm going to give you that opportunity to join countless thousands around the world. So just pray this prayer with me. Father, I thank you that you love me so much that you sent Jesus to die for me. Jesus, I thank you that you, you, you counted the cross and all that suffering as joy because of the thought of reaching me, of saving me. I'm sorry for all the things I've done in my life where in effect I've tried to find joy in other places. In effect, I've turned my back on you, God. But I say, I turn to you now. I believe in you, Jesus. I believe you're alive. And I receive your gift of joy and life. 